to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. teach a bit about it today, but from this position of spiritual sonship for the heart of the Father, I love the heart of the Father in our lives, positioned in spiritual sonship. This is what I see, and I just want to declare it with me today, because every time we declare it, every time I declare it, I sense a level elevate of the favor of God in this area of us walking in sonship, sons and daughters of God. That We believe as a strong local church where we have people who have a solid foundation in God's word, steadfast in prayer, full of compassion. Hold on. Go back to compassion. Every time the Bible shows us, whenever you would see Jesus was full of compassion, whenever compassion rose up in Jesus, everybody got healed. Everybody means more than just everybody. It means everybody. I mean, whenever compassion rose up in Jesus, he poured out in abundance healing. There have been times when I prayed with a person. I did not come with my, see, my three points that I know I need to say before I pray for their healing or my, I know the magic word is Jesus. You know, sometimes we go to pray for somebody and we're kind of hooked in on what we think are the the formulas, but when compassion rises up on the inside of you, faith is always present where the compassion of God rises up and the world is about to change. All I know is that that woman said that, you know, she couldn't, her back was hurt really, really bad and she was in lots and lots of pain and I just, I just felt the compassion of Christ on the inside and I said, well then let me just pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command the pain to be gone, for your body to be healed, for all the muscles to be healed and for your back to be healed and everything be okay. I felt this compassion. It was that I just know that I know that I know it's going to be done. And I looked at her and said... You may have heard this before. Do something you can't do. And so she looked at me. She said, I can't touch my toes. I said, okay, touch your toes. She gave me another look. I didn't know what that look was. I didn't know her. She gave me another look and decided to go for it. And she bent down and touched her toes. And when she came back, she had a smile on her face and said, I think I'll do it again. I said, well, have help yourself. Touch your toes. And the next time she touched her toes, when she came back, she went out. What I did not know is she had steel rods in her back because of how bad her back was. And there was no way she could bend over and touch her toes. It was an impossibility. But God moves heaven and earth in steel rods. Mountains and rivers change their directions. And steel rods are gone when the Lord begins to... Are you hearing me today? We're going to be a people full of compassion that when someone needs prayer, we just pray out of the compassion of Jesus and steel rods disappear. Every time you see one of these scriptures down here, you know, that's the, that's the address for what we're talking about. Come on, let's go on. Walking in the great commandment. What's the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And what's the next one? Equal to it. Love your neighbors yourself. So we're walking in the great commandment and we are fulfilling the great commission and uh, ushering in the presence of God through praise and worship. 
being positioned for the harvest with the city to touch a nation to reach and a world to change. That's you, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, that's you. Today, we had the opportunity to host a family whose loved one had passed, friends uh, of, um, of people here, you know, members, partners here in our congregation, the Harrimans and others of you who knew um, Clyde Dale. Um, and his life was a significant life. His life was a huge blessing. And so his family came here and they celebrated his life. And we opened our doors and our arms to receive them. Zach, thanks again, wherever you are, for just helping in that today. Thank you for your ministry to minister to them with sound and lights and technology. He did all three. He, he was... He was all three in one is what he was. Okay, don't make me sing that song. So, uh, and, but what I was so blessed by is after their time of celebrating his life and just, you know, enjoying what God had done in his life, um, Martin come to talk to me for a minute and he said this. He said, when I walked in here, the presence of Jesus was in this place and the presence of Jesus is in this house doing something amazing. When people who aren't even part of this house, who aren't even part of your church family, walk in and they are experiencing the, the atmospheric presence of Jesus, like you were singing about tonight, that brings and engenders favor. The favor of God is wherever the praises of God are being lifted. Can I... Can I Get an amen. Wherever you are worshiping God, I'm going to tell you, when you're on your way to do something, begin to worship the Lord. You don't know if it's going to work, just worship God because his favor will be involved. Sometimes his favor says, not today, son, not today. And sometimes his favor says, it will happen today. But one thing's for sure, his favor will let you know he's with you. How many of you want him with you? So tonight I'm just going to ask that you would take a look at this with me. Having a kingdom orientation in life that activates the favor of God. Just want to teach for a little bit tonight about the favor of God. And I want you to see that the favor of God um, is activated uh, when we have a kingdom of God orientation. When we walk in life understanding God's kingdom uh, is just that. It's a kingdom. It's, God is not uh, a democracy. God has a kingdom. He is the king. There's one boss, applesauce, and his name is Jehovah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we're going to live our life with a kingdom orientation in life, and we're going to understand that, that this activates the favor of God in our life. So I got a lot of golden texts. Are you ready? Here we go. From Philippians 2 and 5, it's the Williams translation. It says, keep on fostering the same disposition that Christ Jesus had. Do you want to know what a kingdom orientation looks like that brings the favor of God in your life? Have the disposition or the disposition, the, the behavior, the, the heart, the mindset that Christ Jesus had. Jesus loved people. Jesus loved people. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Have that kind of disposition. The disposition of Christ just says, where I see evil ravaging a person's life, we're going to dispossess that. <laughs> we're going to bring the presence of the Lord. Don't you like that? Look here also in the Williams translation in Luke 12, 32. Stop being afraid, my little flock, for your father has gladly chosen to give you the kingdom. 
God has gladly chosen to give you the kingdom. You ought to look at your neighbor and say, he gladly gave you the kingdom, honey. He gladly gave you the kingdom. In Luke 17, 21, in the, in the Passion Translation, it reads this way. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. In that moment where Jesus was speaking to them, and Luke is giving us what the words of Christ were in that moment, Jesus was indicating that even already before his death, burial, and resurrection, the kingdom was already expanding. How many of you have received Christ as Savior, as King of kings and Lord of lords, then how much the more is the kingdom of God already expanding on the inside of you? Make room for his favor by making room for a kingdom mindset or a kingdom orientation. Let the kingdom of God expand on the inside of your life. All right, I got another one I like. Isaiah 54 and 2. Can you tell I kind of couldn't settle on one golden text? I didn't need it at all. Enlarge the place of your tent. The first step to understanding the power of favor from the Lord is you're going to have to enlarge the place of your tent, the place of your dwelling. The, right here where you're at, allow your heart, this tent, to be expanded and let the Lord have more territory. Let him have more than just the porch. Let him have more than just a room, more than just the, the parlor or the setting room. Let him have it all. Someone say, I'm all in. So look at this, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, but lengthen your cord and strengthen your stakes. So when you are living like uh, Abraham did and like uh, uh, Isaac did and like Jacob did, they lived in these tents. The Lord was saying, enlarge the place of your dwelling. Make a bigger place Take your tent stakes and make sure they're strong and secure for what the Lord is doing to enlarge you. Here's the reason why I'm talking to you about favor and increase. Because the Lord does what he does in the earth for the harvest through you. Someone else is also going to be a through them, but it's through you. God is not just going to going to have just a few who can function in what he does. He's looking for every son and daughter to function in big time Holy Ghost business that expands the kingdom of God. So as sons and daughters, ambassadors of the kingdom, we practice and we exercise a kingdom mindfulness, our thoughts, even our conversations. What is the expanding components of the kingdom? I had the privilege recently of setting down in the identity studios with Josh Coat and doing one of the podcasts with him for uh, Encounter Culture. And we were talking about people and how much God loves people and relationships. And I was visiting with him about my opportunity when I was preaching in northern Idaho. We were in a town called um, Smelterville, which is not far from Kellogg. Uh, which is not very far from Wallace. Wallace is where they made the movie Dante's Peak. It's just northern Idaho. The mountain range is called the Bitterroot Mountains. Look at your neighbor and say, somebody lives in the Bitterroot Mountains? <laughs> they do. Wouldn't you like to live in the Bitterroot Mountains? And so there in the Bitterroot Mountains, there's this redemptive plan of God. 
because there's gold and silver in them their hills. And they are, they've been mining silver and gold for decades and decades and decades. And they took us down and deep into the earth. And at this point, the way they mine, they, it's a spiral mine that goes round and round and round. Took me a whole mile down into the earth. Had to go through a little training, know what to do. But if there's a collapse, you're going to see Jesus. So I just said, Jesus, hold it all up. That's what I did. And they put on these overhauls and had to get all geared up. And so we're in these motorized things. And we take an elevator way down and then getting way back there. I got all, they took me all the way with the pastor to the place where it's, they're still mining. And a 60-year-old man who was cut and built with these strong muscles was drilling these holes into the sides of the wall and then packing it with explosives and then blowing, the, blowing that you know, explosive to release the rock so they could haul it out. I was standing there watching what they were doing, and here is the vein of silver that was right there in the whole this, this ceiling. From ceiling to floor is this vein of silver, and that's what he was pursuing, the, the silver. And there was silver all around it that I didn't even realize it was in the rock, but there was a clear vein of the silver they were following. And while I was there, I realized that deep on the inside of every man and woman, God sees the silver vein of preciousness, the value of every one of us. And you and I have been given this wonderful commission by the Lord to find the silver vein on the inside of every person we meet and help them mine the wealth of what God has deposited into them for the purpose of purposes of God in them. God has a plan for every person's life. And you and I have been called to mine the wealth, help reveal it and bring it to the surface so that they might be blessed. You ought to nudge your neighbor and say, you're full of silver, not just rock. There you go. So I just want you to see that as, as sons and daughters and ambassadors, we're going to have the kinds of thoughts that are kingdom thoughts, kingdom mindfulness thoughts and conversations. Our God is present, living and at work in and through us. In any given conversation, if you're, pre- if you're cognizant that God is present, the word of the Lord may come to you. One of my favorite prophetic functions in the life of the believer is when in any situation or circumstance, Holy Spirit reveals a a verse, a scripture that is applicable or appropriate for the individual or the situation that we're talking about. Before I need to find the mind of God out here, the living word of God is a, is a gold mine for every one of us to be able to reveal in that moment the wealth that is there for that person. So I just want to ask you to take a moment and understand that in this process, there are hindrances that come along or have functioned in our lives or in someone else's life to walking in that kingdom favor. And I just want to look at these quickly and ask us to consider how we can remove those hindrances in 2023 so that we can walk in the fullness of God. Are you ready? The first hindrance is this, procrastination. Even non-consideration. 
Sometimes we just procrastinate. Sometimes we won't even consider God and what he's trying to do. And it holds us back. It pulls us from the forward movement. Do you remember the biblical principle of the five foolish virgins? There were ten virgins. Five were wise because they had extra oil. Five were foolish because they didn't have enough oil for the lengthy time that they would have to wait for the bridegroom. Some people don't even consider that it might be yet a while. That's why when they were taken into captivity and went to Babylon, and there were all these false prophets trying to say, the Lord is going to take us home any day now. The word of the Lord had to come through Jeremiah and indicate that, listen, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know you're here in this bondage, but I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts for good and not for evil, for a future and a hope. So build your life right here, right now. Don't wait for a sweet by and by. Be active now. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait to go back home to start your life. Start functioning now. Marry your children to, you know, get your, marry your sons, marry your daughters, and, and, and build this city and, and create success in this city that you're in. The word of the Lord was, be faithful now where you are. Isn't that a good word? So no procrastination. Number two, short-term, short-sighted thinking. Sometimes uh, short-term, short-sighted thinking just, just really causes us to stumble from having a kingdom mindfulness or orientation in life, and then the favor of God is not even activated. It denies, when we're short-sighted, it denies us the ability to see solutions that lay only a few steps ahead because I'm, I'm unwilling to take a step. I'm so short-sighted, I'm not willing to look further, but the Lord wants us to look beyond the step that seems um, difficult. There are sometimes there are solutions just in the next couple of days. Can I have an amen? Focusing on the problem or the challenge is symptomatic of broken thinking. Focusing on the problem or the challenge is symptom, symptomatic of it's a broken thinking. So instead, we're going to focus on solutions. Problems can all be solved. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. What did James tell us? If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. The reason why is because God loves to be acknowledged that in the moment of your lack of wisdom, you're asking for wisdom. He will run to you and say, here's wisdom. James is telling us that he will not slap you or abradeth you for asking for wisdom. He delights in knowing that his children long to hear what his thoughts and what he might have to say on the subject. So I just love the, the component of that. And you can see it in the feeding of the 5,000. There was an issue. We've only got five loaves and two little fishes. But Jesus entered into thankfulness. Here is a cue to how to over, overtake a problem or a situation. When short-sightedness seems to be like right there in your face, start becoming thankful. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus gave thanks and then he started to break. And the more he broke, the more it multiplied. Thanksgiving always breaks the back of lack. 
Don't make me call a Joe to the piano for a 20-minute shout-me-down. But I'm just telling you right now that this is one of those moments that thankfulness, giving thanks to God, always breaks the back of lack. Lack of anything. Number three, negativity. Negativity presents, uh, prevents us from seeing things that are possible to, to do now uh, in the future. Negative thoughts using negative words, complaining, worrying, criticizing. Um, those words are just death. It's death to your, to your, um, your favor that God wants to uh, function in your life. So we're going to feed, at least, at least be optimistic if you can't be faith uh, proclamation oriented. At least be optimistic. Have you met optimists? There's an arena called Optimist Arena in town. Just go stand in it, see what God will do for you. But I just want you to know that you and I have a, we have a right to speak words of life. They're gonna they're gonna shut this down. They're gonna shut this down. They're gonna they're gonna force layoffs. They're gonna force layoffs. Ah, but my daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and if he needs to, he'll sell a couple of cattle. He owns the gold and the silver and the taters in the hills. He knows how to feed me. I'm going to be blessed of the Lord and highly favored. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed and not cursed. So when we're seeking the blessing of our employer and we're working hard and diligently to help them succeed, you're not going to be first on on the list to go away. They're going to want to keep a person who has a favorable attitude or a kingdom attitude towards life. This is good. Number four, making excuses. Not a good thing. It's, it's a hindrance to the favor of God in our life. Focus on what we, uh, sometimes we start focusing on what we, uh, we don't want to do or what we don't have and, and that we want to achieve something we've not been able to. So we've got to change that completely to I believe it and I will do it. I believe I'm going to do this by the help of God, by the strength of the Lord. I'm going to get this done. Changing instead of making excuses. Well, I just didn't have enough training. Don't say I didn't have enough training. Ask for training. I'm going to try to help somebody here today. If you want favor to operate in your life and don't complain about what you didn't get, ask for what you need so that you can be a benefit to someone else. It will benefit you. Shikamoshai. There's something good about when you just say, I I believe for the favor of God in my life. Going to have an amen. (laughs) Can I interrupt myself for this public service announcement? I, w- I got into this vehicle. This guy happens to be an Uber driver. Um, and uh, I got in and we were, he picked us up from the airport. Uh, and uh, I was listening to the music. And for about the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought to myself, I just, I know that. I know that music. That, that is Joe Wormuth's music. I said, is that Joe's music? He said, yes, that's Uncle Joe's music. It was Dan Dan. <laughs> mm. In his off time, he Ubers and he, he drives people around. But so that's the, he loves listening to that and he wants to hear it all the time. And so uh, he wants his people who get in that vehicle to hear good music. And I was just relaxing in that vehicle. We're having this conversation. So I just want you to know, Uncle Joe, your music is being played in an Uber vehicle whenever they're picking up people. I thought that was beautiful. This is my public service announcement. Who doesn't have one of those yet? Okay, come get it, brother. Burris. 
So you got to have this. Uh, just interrupting my, my message for a second because it was laying in my way on my notes. And so I just thought, uh, give it away. Be a blessing. There you go. May the anointing of Uber driving come upon you. And I don't know. You drive your wife around. That's Ubering. So we, we're no longer making excuses. Now it's out of my way. Number five. Um, listen. One of the things that's a hindrance to the favor of God working in our life is a fixation with insignificant issues. A fixation with insignificant issues. You remember under number four, Moses was making excuses, but God said, no, who's that guy right there by you? Aaron. Okay, take him. I mean, every time God wanted something big from people, he just showed them where their, their answer, their reward was. So I forgot to tell you that about number four. Number five, Mary and Martha, Luke 10 and 38. Hmm. So uh, one was worshiping and the other one was trying to get the dinner on. One was fixated on, there's a whole lot of people to feed, and the other one was doing the better part. In other words, Jesus would have been just fine had dinner not been made, but had fellowship been made. So don't fixate on the insignificant issues. Now I know some of you here, you have the gift of hospitality, and you're saying, but Pastor Dan... It's really hard for people to hear the good words of Jesus when their stomachs are growling really loud. I understand. And you may have to find just the balance in that. But don't fixate on the insignificant issues. Remember an old time preacher, well, an older preacher, he's gone to be with Jesus, but he would tell us, don't shoot at pygmies. Don't let the little things distract you. I thought, don't shoot at pygmies. Those are precious people too. They need Jesus. So anyway, but don't sweat the small stuff. Are you hearing me? Number six, uh, here's another hindrance to walking in favor. Constantly overanalyzing things. Wasting time and energy on the small matters that are of little importance. Keep your heart and your mind on the main thing. So the Pharisees in Luke 11 and also in Mark 7 were fixated and overanalyzing everything. I love the moment when Jesus had this conversation. The Sadducees and the Pharisees are there and they're trying to catch Jesus in something. And, and Jesus, this is the question they asked. So there was a man and um, he was married and he died. And the, wife, and the wife was alive and she was still here. So according to the law of Moses, the brother's supposed to marry her so that she can have someone to take care of her. So she married the brother and then he died. Man, that's rough. Then the question was, who will be her husband in the resurrection? Well, that was a great spot for Jesus to reveal the hearts of both the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because you see, the Sadducees, who are sad, you see, do not believe in the resurrection. Hence the reason why they're Sadducees. They don't believe. They just believe you live this life and then you're gone. But Pharisees believe in the resurrection. And Jesus very clearly said, do you not know the scriptures? Have you not read the word of God? Which is such a slap in a sense because they had already memorized the first five books of the Bible. Yeah, they knew the law of Moses. 
Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.